Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamarckia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. During the seventh inning, and the Tigers are down a run. The 2-2. Fly ball, right field, hooking by the foul pole, gone! Kerry Carpenter, two out, three run, home run, Tigers take the lead, six to four. Big time boogie with Fair, a no-downer, got his pitch and did not miss it, what a swing. Home run call of the day, Kerry Carpenter going deep, Jim Price, Dan Dickerson with the call, excellent call. Excellent day of baseball all around, really. I mean, it's a great way to kick off the week in case you didn't listen to it. Eck, Dennis Eckersley, David Cohn, both those guys, just a great, great broadcast yesterday. And like I said, just a great way to kick off the week. Thank you, FanDuel, for helping us launch the week, helping us launch every single day, helping us continue the conversation. Baseball isn't boring. Also, at BB isn't boring. It's red hot. Twitter, Instagram, socials, excellent job by producer Evan. So, like we said, a great day of baseball highlighted by a guy that we've already talked about, Luis Arise. Luis Arise goes five for five. 
They're in the seventh inning and the Tigers are down a run. The 2-2. Fly ball, right field. Hooking by the foul pole. Gone! Kerry Carpenter. Two out, three run, home run. Tigers take the lead, 6-4. Big time boogie with Fair. A no-downer. Got his pitch and did not miss it. What a swing. Five for five. Now his batting average is up to 400. He has now gone 11 for his last 14. And he became the first major leaguer with three five-hit games in a calendar month since Dave Winfield did it in 1984. The only other two players to do this, Ty Cobb, 1922, George Schissler, 1921. I know you remember those. But what an incredible, incredible run so far by Luis Arise. So with that said, we have today's podcast very, very Luis Arise heavy. First, we're going to have Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman, we already played a little bit of Blackman talking about Arise, but what Blackman does, and boy, it was a lot of fun sitting down and talking to Charlie, he, he really gives everybody an idea. This game is hard, man. This game is difficult, and it's difficult every step of the way that you go. You go from Little League to Pony League to Junior League to to high school to college to minor leagues to pro or different levels of minor leagues to major leagues. I mean, this is – it is hard, and every step is hard. And you know, sometimes you get the aberration where it isn't difficult, but it is difficult. But at the same time – you're reminded how there's special guys in this game who can transcend the difficulty, who can who can basically do what things do something that nobody else can do has done, and and Luis Arise being a perfect example of that. But along with Arise, you know Charlie also just talks about lessons that he learned while coming up and lessons he wants to pass down to kids maybe who are being drafted, maybe who has who have ideas of being a major leaguer. It's just a great conversation, a great perspective from a guy, a former batting champion who knows what's what. And okay, so we don't stop there when it comes to Luis Arise conversation. Pete Fatsy, who's been on the podcast before, relatively speaking with his brother, he jumps on and he talks about seeing Arise as a minor leaguer, as a hitting coach with the Minnesota Twins. And this is a great perspective of how you identify a guy and how different the guy is and what he might be able to do and where he ended up being. So like I said, when you see the finished product or what we see the finished product right now, Luis Arise, it's a great, great listen to listen to Pete Fatsy. Who used to be the like I said, a minor league hitting coach for the Minnesota Twins, now the major league hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox. Him talk about a younger version of Arise and what he looked like and what a difference maker he was and how he separated himself even at that time. And believe me, I mean he's come a long way. You hit four hundred this time of year. You aren't probably doing that five years ago if you lose Arise. No, but you're doing it now. So how did that happen? So all young baseball players, all coaches, all people who love baseball and want to understand how the evolution of somebody who is actually doing something like Luis Arise is doing, you're going to want to listen to today's podcast. All right, subscribe, rate, review. The whole works. Appreciate it. Here's Charlie Blackman. 
first of all, welcome. Thank you for jumping aboard here. And, you know, I wanted to talk to you, Charlie, about, you know, we, we go into this time of year and we go into the draft. And I know that you were drafted a couple different times, including, by the way, by, you know, the Red Sox at a high school 20th round, right? And then you end up being second round. I've asked a couple guys this, sort of the, like, the mindset. If you could give yourself advice heading into the draft, or younger self advice heading into the draft, if there would be any. I don't know. I mean, it's, you're so young, and, like, and you have a lot of voices in your head, and you've always been good, and... I think everybody is in a different situation coming into the draft, um, but I, I'm glad I didn't sign earlier, right, I, uh, out of high school. I, I, was, I needed more uh, maturation, more development. I needed more of a lot of things. I needed a position change. Uh, you know, I was drafted as a pitcher by the Red Sox. Oh, um, you were? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Uh, I would, you know, I just don't think people understand what a high level is being played, at, you know, at Fenway Park. Like, I, I think, I think people uh, don't understand how good the big leagues are and how incredible the talent is. Um, the, you know, the biggest jump in professional baseball is from AAA to the big leagues, and it's a massive jump. And that's even, I mean, and that's it's probably a similar jump from AAA to the big leagues as it is from uh, college to professional. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big jump, uh, you know. And it's something like that. Like there's, you know, it doesn't take long for the talent to drop off, right? Like there's only so many top. Aces, right? Like, there's only so many uh, premier talents in the box, uh, and and that's why they're here. You know, that's why uh, guys get paid so much and people want to come watch. Um, it's really hard to, to to play at that level against that competition, and to even be in a situation to experience it, mm. you have to be a really good baseball player. You know, like. So it's, I mean, it's fun. It's it's really exciting. Uh, I enjoy being a part of it. Um, I wish people could see what I see. You know, like but that's but I, that's, I love, that's why we're here. We're I, here to educate. I would, I would love for people to like stand in the box and just see what it's like. And yeah, I mean, like whatever you get the umpire cam or whatever, that doesn't do it justice. Um, and you and you're never really going to see, uh, you know. Paxton pitched last night. You're never going to see 98 mile an hours from Paxton. Like you might be able to like watch him throw a bullpen, but mm-hmm. to, until you like get in the box and see what it's like when he's trying to get you out, you know, at Fenway Park, like it's uh, yeah, it's it's just really special. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
So, so again, this is, I'm glad you say this because hopefully we're here to educate young minds and and you can say that now, like let's say when you were the Red Sox wanted to draft you as a pitcher, was there any temptation? Like would say, hey, you know what, maybe I can do this, even though you, you really sort of want to... No, well, you know, they, they didn't really offer me anything, so that was pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think I think ultimately you have to be 100% devoted to the game, committed to your craft to make it to this level. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that, like, rips the people up, a lot of people up along the way. Like, a lot of people, for, like, like, most people don't make it, you know? Yeah. Like, they just don't. It's, you know, something like, you know, 7% of professional players make it to the big leagues and then only... You know, seven percent of that play for four or five years. You know, like it's it's just crazy. Um, uh, you know, high risk, high reward. Um, and you know, I, I think not everybody's super well suited for that type of risk. But I, I do think if you want to play at this level, you have to do everything you can do to get there. Right? You can't kind of do it halfway. You've got to jump in with mm-hmm. a cannonball. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to go to college. Uh, mm. You know, like uh, get close to a degree. Um, know what it's like to be a freshman with upperclassmen around. Uh, know what it's like to be socialized into a team atmosphere that's trying to win and, and that's super competitive. Like, I think all of those experiences help lead you in the right direction mm. to being successful in life. You know, I think team, team sports are incredible for. Mm. Uh, life success not just success you know on the, on the big league field what what percentage of understanding of what you're talking about did looking back when you did sign your contract yeah I mean when I signed my contract I didn't really you know I didn't I didn't, I mean, it's, I it's didn't so, know right like, you I were just, young you know? I, uh, I was uh, I, I was young and I really loved baseball and wanted to play baseball and I, I couldn't have been happier that somebody wanted me to play professionally and I think that was a really big advantage of mine. You know, like I didn't have a next best thing that I really wanted to do also. It was like baseball is my number one. Like this is exactly what I want to do. If you'd asked me what I wanted to do 20 years before that, I'd say I want to be playing big league baseball, you know. And so this was always plan A for me. Um, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to work out for a long time. And, and there's injuries and setbacks and failures and you know, a lot of things that contribute to your development, and they're almost always bad things that help you develop the most. Uh, you know, a lot of those things kind of knit it together, kind of turn you into the person that you are, uh, able to withstand what it takes to play in the big leagues. The, the, this is sort of a cliche, but was there a moment, sometimes, sometimes somebody says something that hits, right? There's so many things that you're talking about, right? But I don't know if there was a moment someone said something, or something a a fork in the road for you um no the, you know like people ask you like oh when did you know you were going to be a never like, I mean I played in the big leagues for two years and I still didn't think I was going to be a good big, big league player like that's how good the league is you know like it's 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 credible incredible for people to like show up and then have success like like that's not something that happens uh regularly anyway and so uh, you know I remember walking in drafted in the second round a high pick you know like walking in my first day in Pro Bowl 
these guys got it wrong. Like I don't, like, I don't belong here, you know. And, uh, and, and and you know the same thing you could say about um, my first day in the big leagues. You know, like it's just a, a it's a, a recurring pattern of. Being exposed to something you're not accustomed to, which is above my, you know, above your level of competition at the time, and then figuring out how to deal with it, make your adjustments, rise to that level of competition, and then hopefully exceed it and have success. And, and that's, you know, that's the jump from JV to varsity. That's the jump from junior college to D1. That's the jump from single A to double A. You know, and it's just basically that pattern over and over until you make it to the big leagues. You said about you wish you could have people see what you see in a batter's box, and it made me think of Arise, what Arise is doing right now. Um, you've had pretty good batting averages. You've done very well. What he's doing now, I don't know, like, from your perspective, where this rates in terms of accomplishment, or how you view this as someone who does sit in there in the batter's box and does know what it takes to have a batting average of 400. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think realistically there's... Uh, like 15 guys hitting about 300, right? Yeah. And so he's a third better than the top 10 players in the world in, in, in the batting average category. So that's, I mean, for, for you to be like, oh, I wonder if he's going to hit 400. Like, that's not really what you should be asking. It's like, man, I, if, if he hits 350, that's going to be incredible. You know, like, I, I hope, I'd like to see it come down to the wire. But that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's not really something where you can sit, sit back before it happens and say, oh, yeah, that's achievable. Like, you can't, like, the, this level of play is so good that we're talking, like, you know, just a hair here or there is what makes or breaks the difference. Like, it's it's, it's crazy to try and say, oh, like, this guy's going to be 30% better than the next best guy. You know, like, when a half a percent is a big move, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's pretty incredible what he's doing. It's in, I don't know, it, obviously there's the, the back and forth, well, pitchers get information, hitters get information, but, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it that this is the best pitching. Like, if we want to talk about velocity, I talked to, to, to Daniel about this. I mean, when he was here, when Daniel was here in 2009, at the end of that year in 2009, there was less than half of how many guys have thrown 100 already this year. And so, like, what I'm saying is that, like, to do something like what we're talking about or to do stuff that you're taught you, that you've done seems like a bigger feat than ever. The game is being played better than it ever has before. No doubt in my mind. Now, there's other great players from different eras who are way better than their peers. But the game that they were playing isn't as good as the game that you're seeing today. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, no disrespect to, to those two to everyone before me um, but you can really only compare a player to their peers right and, right. and the next generation is going to be better than us right like and, and it's going to continue to get better and better and better as as kids specialize sooner as physical training gets better as we improve the technology in the game and, the, and learn more about psychology and development like it's going to get better and better and better like you know like it just happens to be that I'm playing the best game right now of, you know, in history. Uh, 
you know, but, but tomorrow it'll be better than it is today. Yeah. That's why when I, I have Hall of Fame vote and when I do it, I look at and this is where I start top 10 MVP votes because every era is different, right? And I'm not saying like I know it's a subjective thing, MVP votes, but it shows a dominance in the era, I guess. Compared to your peers, yes, yeah. I'm not this isn't like in the climb, you know, in the baseball climate, yes, of the time. And obviously, like in, in the late 90s, it was a whole thing, like that was the numbers are skewed. But Jim Rice here, you know, was yeah. he would play in a different time, and but that's how I start, I yeah. I think, and I think that's the best way to do it, right? Like. That's a hundred times better than saying, "Oh, this is his war." Like that's what a yeah. don't get don't get me started on war. That's awful stat. Um, but you know what? Having MVP votes, like having like I know I know how a lot of guys vote. They go immediately to war these well, days. But that's such a bad. I know. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just know, telling like you. We've got 800 players in this league, and they all do something different and have a different skill set. So for you to hang one number around their neck and say that's what this player is I mean I think that's extremely short sighted I think it's I think if that's the case everybody should know exactly what's in war how it's calculated what the subjectivities are what the park factors are how much they're weighting the defense and I think they've missed a lot of those uh, inputs and and variables uh, I think are Improperly weighted. No, I, I agree. I'm just, and I'm just saying, like, you know, what's your favorite stat? I like OPS. Do you? Okay. I like OPS for offense. I like OPS. Okay. All right. Um, you know, ultimately, it's all about home runs and RBIs. You know that, right? Like that's that's what makes the world turn. But you know, yeah, those are sometimes a product of, of the situation you're in and the people around you, and, and you know division that you play, you know, like, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but that's the meat and potatoes of baseball, but I do, like, if I'm looking for rate stats, which I really like, a little more predictive, um, I like the OPS. Last thing, why isn't baseball boring? No, no wrong answers. Why is baseball You want to know what the commissioner said? No. Okay. I don't want to know what the commissioner You want to know what the, I don't know. Ed Robert Perez had a great one. It was, like, four minutes long, and it was, it, but it, but I just did one with um, Rich Hill. We did Rich Hill today. Well, we, Rich Hill has done it before. Brendan Geyer, Brendan Geyer, who's doing mental performance. Very short, very to the point. There's no wrong answers. That's my point. I mean, I think it's perfectly. It's a perfectly balanced sport, right? Imagine if you had moved the pitching rubber back or forward, like one foot, or the bases were a little bit different. You know, like the timing would be so off. Like it's incredible how we played this game for a hundred years, and like how balanced it is, and how three hundred is still like the gold standard. You know, and like uh, and how great the game has become. Uh, even though guys throw ten miles an hour harder on average and, and run way faster. And, and, you know, like, as much as everything's changed, like, the ultimate fundamentals of the game haven't changed. Um, and, you know, the average player probably not 5'9 anymore. It's more like, you know, 6'3. And, you know, like, there's just so much that's changed. But ultimately, the game of baseball is still about baseball skill. I don't, you know, it's, it's I mean, Dustin Pedroia was 
you know, not bigger, stronger, faster than anybody, right? But he had the best baseball skill, and that's why he is who he is, right? And that's why this town, you know, this town loves him here in Boston. So, uh, so ultimately, like baseball skill is one of the hardest things to do in the world, and and that's what makes the game so great. That's definitely a top three answer. Thank you. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Luis Arise is good, correct? Very good. When did you first meet him? So I met him in spring training 2019. Uh, he was in double-A, the double-A grouping with the uh, the Twins. So he was in Pensacola. Started the year in Pensacola. Ended up finishing the year in the big leagues. What what jumped out right away? Bat-to-ball skill. Really? I mean, he just, he can move the ball around. Uh, obviously, you know, you see a guy that, you know, he has, he can play the middle of the field, you know, play a bunch of different positions, really. But a guy with that much ability to make contact, it's, for me, it was, it was definitely the skill that set him apart. What um so you see back to ball skills you see good players at double A now you have a guy who's closing in on four hundred unbelievable yeah I mean I'm not to say that you said hey this guy's going to hit four hundred no. but did he distinguish himself that much or had he has he evolved that much you know. I mean, obviously, my, my time was really short, so mine was more of like a, it was a very cordial, like, just working relationship, but um, I think the thing for him is he has the ability to recognize pitches really early, so the hand-eye is one thing, but his strikes on discipline, his ability to, to see the baseball is, that was, like, outstanding from the first moment I met him, and, and I think, you know, that skill translates really well to the upper levels of the big leagues. Like if you have the ability to see pitches, and you can tell spin, and you can lay off tough pitches, he clearly takes a lot of pride in that with the way he shakes pitches off when he thinks they're a ball, right? Like, he's very obsessed with the strikes. And I think for me, anytime you see that, with the ability to make contact, it's, you know, it's a skill that's going to translate well at the upper levels. So, as a hitting coach, you must be, you know, you try to get guys to hit 300. Sure. <laughs> so, in theory, as many hits as you can get. Uh, well, yeah, listen, I mean, I'm batting average, what an archaic stat, sure. right? But still, it's... But it's, a, but it's the market. The thing about batting average is it may not be one of the most predictable things in, with, with respect to, you know, predicting future success necessarily, but I've never really seen a bad hitter hit 300, more so consecutive 300s, right? So yeah. I think there's merit to guys being able to get hits. Right, right. You know. And so when the, and Charlie Blackman was saying, like, how baseball is better than ever has, and, you know... Five years from now will be better than it is sure. now. But all things considered, how pitchers have evolved. Yeah, it, it's and we've been chasing sort of this four hundred thing forever. And you know, the shift thing is a shift thing. Like it's not. He's got a pretty. He's got a pretty robust spray, spray angle though. Right, that's what I mean. Like I'm not. He's not yeah. the guy. Like oh, here comes a shift. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah, shift beater. Right, right. But but still, like to, to understand that how much pitching has evolved, and this guy is taking it the other way. Yeah. Whereas if you deal it on a daily basis sure. like the challenge of yeah holy mackerel it's hard to hit a base well yeah now more than ever guys are identifying their pitches are identifying their strengths and they're leveraging their strengths all the time so if a guy's got a 70 breaking ball i mean you're seeing 70 percent of the time right so guys are constantly leveling or leveraging their, their strengths i think as a hitter like our job is to leverage your strengths as well like some if a guy has the ability to put the ball and play move the ball around like putting yourself in a position to do that consistently like that's your primary focus some guys maybe it's you know maybe it's on base maybe it's being able to hit for average maybe it's being able to slug it's obviously some combination of those three things but I think you're always trying to leverage what you bring to the table 
Um, and I think in an era where you're just seeing again pitchers with nastier stuff, more movement than ever, you know, it seems like it went from north, south, east, west in a hurry, right? But the ability to adapt and move the ball around the field has been, you know, has been an important part of having success. Is there anything that you can say, tell a young guy or a young player, say, look at this is what he does? I think it's the bat to ball skill, the instincts, hitting instincts. Yeah. Um, I think it's this, the strike zone pieces, obviously, and some of that's probably some, some innate characteristics of his to be able to see it, recognize the spin, all that. But I think it's the ability to take what the game gives you. You don't hit, you don't hit what he's hitting without taking, without thinking, being able to think with the game and take what it gives you. Mm-hmm. You know, in a situation where maybe maybe he's anticipating soft out over the plate, like he's able to stay with it and execute. Mm-hmm. So there's intention and then there's the execution. So I think it's being aware with with what the game is telling you, you know, like, and what the game's calling for. Is, is it also a lesson having seen him in Double A? Yeah. You know how like you can tell kids are like, listen, this is an evolution, man. Yeah. Like you you might feel like like we could say you're good, but you're going to be better. You might not feel like you're as good, but you're going to be better. You know this this guy yeah. has worked. At it, yeah. Right? Along with having talent. Yeah, absolutely. And the funny thing is, is I remember my first visit into Pensacola must have been in the first month of the season. He wasn't hitting all that well, like, and, and I think there was some concern of some weak outs and just you know whatever. Like he's putting balls in play weekly and getting out. And the thing that I always remember stood out is his willingness to. Obviously, everybody has to make adjustments, but he stuck with what you know. He stuck with you know his approach. He stuck with his process, and he stuck with his strength. And it's like I'm not going to sell out to try and hit an extra homer every time weeks I'm going to try and move the ball around the you know around the field I'm going to find holes I'm going to stay on pitches I'm going to win pitches like he took that mindset and his you know carried it with him to his big league career and I mean he got up to the big leagues that same year so to see where he started that year to where he finished it was that was really cool to be a part of that like just to to see that process yeah you know the last thing is Rich Hill called him the best hitter he's ever seen wow it's high praise he's been around for a long time yeah he's 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 the oldest professional athlete but we were just having and he caught me by surprise honestly like you know because uh, my question to rich was uh, who do you who don't you want to face who steps in the body as what you don't want to face he's like listen Luis Arise is the best hitter i've ever seen you obviously played with him in minnesota that's right um who's the best hitter you've ever seen oh my goodness i know it's a, it's a tough question wow it's a tough question the best hitter i've ever seen I can tell you my 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 two favorite hitters to study, which shouldn't come to any surprise, and I've actually had a chance to see on the other side have been Pujols. Mm-hmm. Um, saw him obviously last year with the Cardinals and Miggy. I mean, just I've always admired their ability to stay inside the ball. Another big, strong guys with their ability to stay inside the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're still hitters with power, and I think like that to me, it's they're not just power hitters. They're guys that can hit, use the whole field. Um, obviously, they've done what they've done throughout their careers. Um, but I think that hit tool has always stood out to me. Yeah, they hit 30 homers, 35 homers, but they hit 300. You know, like they have, they have a knack for hitting Something, I mean, we something we study looking at, like when you're always trying to pick up things that the yeah. good hitters do yeah. well, I think we're constantly looking, success leaves clues, right? So I think yeah. there's parts that you can pick out, whether it's approach tendencies or just like swing path characteristics, things like that. We're always looking at stuff. You look at Phil Plantier's stance. Phil Plantier. You remember him? Nah, no. You don't? Oh, oh not really. man, I feel old. <laughs> All right, I'll show you after this. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>